This is Report Back, the San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America podcast. Our chapter is made up of 1,000 members in 16 issue-based and internal-facing committees where the heart of our organizing happens. This is a praxis-centered podcast where we talk about the tactics and strategies of winning socialism with the organizers who plan and implement them. I'm David Hellman, member of DSA-SF. The San Francisco Pride Parade is famously the annual celebration of LGBTQIA identities, but beyond the corporate-sponsored festivities, it remains the locus of a liberation struggle which is still being fought today. At the parade this past June, protesters halted the parade for nearly an hour, an action that was broken up violently by the police in a grim reenactment of historic conflicts. Tyler Brysocker of DSA Queer Caucus will take us through the history and current issues surrounding Pride. We want to be clear about ascribing credit. Although some of our chapter members did participate, the protest was not DSA organized. I'm Tyler. I've been in DSA since uh, 2017 or so, a member of Queer Caucus, I guess. Could we start maybe with a quick history of Pride? I mean, maybe go back to the 60s and just kind of... Mm -hmm quickly uh, talk about kind of the origins of it. Yeah. um, So the reason that we have Pride and the reason that it's in June um, in San Francisco and in a lot of cities is to commemorate the riots at the Stonewall Inn, which was a gay bar that in the 60s was often um, raided by police and they would try and um, arrest people for all kinds of like ridiculous reasons, um, like for not dressing according to the proper way that a person should given their gender um stuff like that um and in 1969 there was uh i guess a day when the people in the bar instead of just kind of going oh okay the police are here again let's hide let's try and get out let's try and not get arrested decided to fight back and it turned into i think like three nights of rioting and of people kind of saying, all right, we're sick of being pushed around by the police and we're going to actually fight back. Um, And so the first, uh, I guess, Pride Parade was one year after that to sort of commemorate and celebrate the riots that had happened the year before. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that um, Stonewall, the Stonewall riots, 1969, is sort of seen as the beginning of the gay rights movement or the beginning of the queer liberation movement. But there was actually a similar event at Compton's Cafeteria in San Francisco, um, I think 1966 or 67. 66. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there was sort of plenty going on before that. And, um, you know, similar issues between the queer community and police in different cities. Um, and so Stonewall wasn't really the beginning, but it was sort of a turning point where it kind of got more people engaged, I think, and um, sparked a lot more action. Um, and then sparked, of course, the sort of annual tradition of having pride parades or pride marches. Now, obviously, we have these big parades that happen in a lot of different cities, but um, look pretty different. Um and have a very different feel to them than I think that first one probably did. So what changed? In a sense, you could say there's been a lot of progress. Um, People, you know, being gay or being trans is a lot more accepted, um, at least by some people. And at least if you sort of 
are queer in a certain way. And so the pride parades, um, at least in San Francisco, and I think in a lot of cities, uh, seem very like corporate focused. Um, if you were at the parade this year, there's like a huge, uh, Salesforce flow with like few hundred Salesforce employees marching. Um, and then a huge Facebook one with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Facebook employees marching. So, um, it feels very like corporate focused. Um, every politician in the city is there too. So you have, you know, your London breed float and then you have your Scott Wiener float or whatever. And, um, and I should say like, in addition to that, there's a lot of like nonprofits and and little like local groups, um, that march as well, but it just feels so much more corporate focused and sort of uh, rainbow capitalism, if you will, focused than, um, then I think it really should be, you know? Yeah, for sure. Does it say something about the progress of the movement that corporations would want to be associated? I mean, if it was still considered uh, edgy, then I guess um, probably, you know, it's not really like something that a big corporation would necessarily want to sign on to. Yeah, I mean, I think it does to an extent. Um, it does show sort of the progress we've made. And uh, I don't think people should feel bad for sort of celebrating that. Um, but it's also, it also kind of feels like it's um, that these corporations are like, oh, well, now that being gay is kind of acceptable, we can throw a rainbow on top of our logo and go to the pride parade and everyone will think like, oh, look, we're this great progressive, like forward thinking company. Um, but they're not really taking any risk by doing that. And they're just sort of realizing like, oh, good, here's another thing that we can capitalize on and profit on. Um, and so I think, you know, the companies probably show up and and participate just because it, it's good PR for them. Like, oh, look, we're in the Pride Parade. We're a progressive company. But it doesn't mean that they actually as a company like do anything good for queer people or maybe they do like they give like a little bit of money to some nonprofit or something um it's more just oh we've realized that we can make some more money this way you know right well given that given that today in san francisco a person can be um lgbtq and walk around and not be harassed by the police just for being there um i wonder whether um, what we're seeing is a demand for the pride parade to, Im to, to still embody a more revolutionary spirit because there are so many frontiers still to press forward. Um, yeah. that it's not, uh, that it, it's great to be, um, to be out and for that to be celebrated in the mainstream culture, but maybe the, um, the, the revolutionary spirit of the Stonewall riots and the Compton's cafeteria riot have been just subsumed into this feel good, kind of consumer culture where it's a party exactly. and the brands come out. Yeah. And I actually noticed the, I think it was the Comcast float had a little Stonewall sign on it, like a little replica of oh. the sign inside the Stonewall Inn, which by the way is still there. And if you yeah. go to New York, like you can go and have a drink there and everything. Um, so they were recognizing um, like Stonewall. They were like, oh yeah, the reason we're here is Stonewall. And this is the, the 50 year anniversary of Stonewall. But I don't know that, they acknowledge like what that is. It was sort of just like, oh yeah, it's Stonewall. Like, sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it feels very much like they took, like you said, the sort of radical spirit of Stonewall and have just turned it into this 
um, big party that just takes up a ton of space and takes up a whole weekend in the city. Mm -hmm. So are there any more pointed criticisms of the pride parade or the way that the cops are part of it that we should touch on? Um, yeah, actually I pulled up here the, um, uh, this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but the protesters that were blocking the parade route for a little bit, I pulled up the list of demands that they were passing out. I thought maybe we should just read those instead of me trying to kind of, uh, summarize them. Great. That's a great idea. So yeah, just to set the basic information out there, there was a protest early in the morning on Sunday of the Pride Parade uh, around 11, I think, that um, stopped the parade on Market Street for a full hour. And it was a line of people. I don't know how many were out there. I didn't get a reliable read, but enough to cross Market Street arm to arm with kind of like arm links, uh, rainbow arm links. And uh, the cops are standing around so that's the scene, but yeah, go ahead and, and, yeah. and read the demands. Yeah. So somebody, um, posted this on Twitter that, it, um, the, I guess the people that were holding this protest had passed this out to people. Um, so it says hashtag reclaim pride, our current list of demands. One, no police within the pride parade and no police presence at any pride celebration, march or demonstration permanently remove police foot patrols from Compton's transgender cultural district. The system of policing upholds white supremacy, heteropatriarchy, gender binaries, and capitalist rule. Two, immediately release trans people currently being held in the SF jail and work with no new SF jail coalition towards decarceration efforts and community care rather than cages to close 850 Bryant. Three, no corporations in pride. They profit from our communities while simultaneously exploiting, investing, and benefiting from the prison industrial complex which disproportionately impacts black and brown communities. Four, celebrate, center, and protect the most marginalized within the LGBTQ2S community, black and brown trans women. Ensure the Pride Board includes and prioritizes the decisions of black trans women, people with disabilities, formerly incarcerated people, and unhoused people. Five, immediately end the harassment and sweeps of houseless encampments and houseless people. One third of youth experiencing homeless homelessness identify as LGBTQ2S, and we will not allow the city to continue to terrorize, ticket them, and steal their belongings. Six, make pride accessible for disabled communities. We need more wheelchair space, more seating space, as well as paid volunteers to support accessibility needs. Seven, acknowledge the colonization of the land we host pride upon and acknowledge that San Francisco is Yalamu Yalamu Ohlone territory. Eight, corporations prove their solidarity by meeting demands and immediately financially support and house trans women in San Francisco. So yeah, since it was, um, it wasn't us, it wasn't DSASF putting on this protest and yet we're kind of here talking about it. I thought it would be good for us to just read their demands instead of, uh, us trying to summarize or, or reinterpret it, um. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. We did want to emphasize it was not a DSA uh, organized protest. Do we know who uh, who organized it? Was it like an ad hoc group or a particular? particular I group? think it was um, a few people from a few different groups, and I think uh, someone said that uh, it was some of the people from Abolish ICE, the um, ICE uh, protest from last summer. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly. And and like you said, I think uh, it is true that in general. Uh, it's a lot safer to be LGBTQ and kind of walk around uh, and not be hassled by police. But at the same time, people are still hassled by police a lot, as evidenced 
fact that they were doing this peaceful protest um, and not only got arrested, but but um, the police were pretty violent towards uh, a couple of the protesters to the point where one of them went to the ER or maybe to. I'm not sure. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. And that's really important. And um, yeah, the protest uh, resulted in this some kind of skirmish and it was violent and the police injured some people. Yeah, so. so I feel like the police kind of proved their point of that first demand. Yeah. So, yeah, what can we say about the aftermath of the Pride Parade and, and what happened there with the cops? What kind of reaction is occurring now? Uh, I think there was a statement a couple of days afterwards from the Harvey Milk Democratic Club um, calling on Pride to condemn the actions of the police. Um, there was a statement from SF Pride just a couple days ago, um, which I would argue is a little too late that they really should have <laughs> responded a lot faster. Um, but they put out a statement asking for the charges against the protesters to be dropped. Another place we can focus our energy is um, trying to push SF Pride to actually implement some of these types of demands for next year's parade. Um, you know, they're probably not going to go from what the parade looked like this year to a parade with no corporations at all suddenly in one year. Um, but there is a push to elect uh, board members that will take some of this stuff into consideration and maybe not have the police marching in the parade um, at the very least, um, or maybe um, kick certain corporations out of the parade who have taken particularly anti-LGBT stances recently. Since you brought that up, should we talk about Google and YouTube and the uh, the actions of some Google employees who um, were not happy with uh, how YouTube handled one of its content creators? Very, uh, very uh, an asshole who does a lot of homophobic content. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, so there's a uh, queer journalist named Carlos Maza who... Uh, right at the beginning of Pride Month, or just before, I think, end of May, went on Twitter and said, you know, I usually have a thick skin and I don't like to make a big issue about these types of things, but there's this guy who's been, every single time that I post a video, um, making like a response video where he harasses me and gets his millions of followers to harass me and calls me a lispy queer and all of this stuff. Um, and the asshole um, is this sort of right-wing um, YouTuber named Steven Crowder. Failed comedian Steven Crowder. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, right-wing comedian. Failed yeah. comedian. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, and YouTube said, okay, uh, we're sorry this happened. We'll take a look. After a few days, they decided that none of Steven Crowder's videos were over the line in terms of like violating the terms of service. And um, at one point they even had a response to Carlos Maza on Twitter where they said, we know that this is, that some of these videos are very hurtful, but they're not quite bad enough to be over the line. They're not quite bad enough to be violations of the terms of service. Um, and then somebody went and actually looked at their terms of service and it specifically says uh, hurtful language is like one of the things that they, supposedly will use to take uh, as a reason to take down a video. Um, so it was uh, really frustrating to me. I used to work at Google and we would kind of talk, uh, complain about issues like this a lot. And increasingly, it sort of felt like 
the leadership of YouTube or the leadership of Google just really wasn't listening. Um, and I think people within the company uh, who are still there, you know, got very frustrated as well and um, ended up writing a letter to SF Pride and saying, we think that you should kick Google out of the parade because they have been, because they've made this like sort of blatantly um, anti-LGBT decision. Um, and so they shouldn't get to show up with this big like rainbow float and put rainbows all over the YouTube logo and all of that um, when they aren't even doing sort of the, the minimal amount of um, like content moderation that they should do. Um, so they wrote, uh, they wrote this letter. Um, uh, a few people actually ended up marching, who would have marched in the parade with Google, ended up marching instead in the resistance contingent, which is sort of a big group at the beginning that contains a lot of like activist groups and things like that. Um, and then they also put together a small protest uh, later on as Google as the Google float went right by the TV cameras, they had printed out all these signs that said things like um, uh, Gaglers deserve better and things like that. Um, and I, I ended up participating in that a little bit and we tried to get, uh, tried to position ourselves so those signs would show up on the TV cameras. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Gaglers, is that a gay community yeah. inside Google? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, the other point that I wanted to make about that is that actually a couple of us had gone to the SF Pride board meeting in early June. And this was right after YouTube had made the decision that they weren't going to take down any of the Steven Crowder videos. And we said, hey, I know this just happened in the last day, so it's very sudden. And I know like we're already in Pride Month, but this was really bad. Like Google just made this like really uh, I think like inexcusable decision and you should kick them out of pride and the board, um, you know, kind of listened to us and said, yeah, we'll think about it, but then nothing really happened. And it wasn't until a group of Google employees wrote a letter sort of against their own employer that it really started to get attention and the pride board really started to take action and uh, came up with this sort of compromise where people could march with the resistance contingent instead of with Google. So I feel like mm -hmm. maybe there's a lesson there that um, organizing with your coworkers and talking to your coworkers about uh, things that are bothering you is a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it really strikes me that this uh, parade, which is such a uh, famed celebration for the city every year, is this... Um, magnet that draws in all these social forces that are still actively in contention and you know gay community the freedom to be yourself and be out in public and and then the 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 cops as as the overextended force they are serving all these different functions in society and applying uh you know aggression very often and uh, when one would hope there'd be another outcome and um then of course just corporations as well hand in hand um yeah, it's a it's a really interesting study of all these all these things at once. Yeah, the Pride Board has three seats open for its September twenty first election at their annual general meeting, and right. one of the uh, candidates running, Alex Yu In, is a uh, drag king performer and activist 
who led 2017's resistance contingent uh, of the SF Pride Parade, is running. And so this seems to be an effort to get um, to infuse the, the Pride board with more of that um, activist spirit as opposed to the corporate influence. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, I would hope that there's other people running as well, that maybe all three of those seats could be taken by someone who will, if not be uh, maybe quite as anti-capitalist as we want, at least would like take a hard look at every company that's sponsoring and marching in the parade and say, are you actually treating your queer employees well? Are you actually treating the queer community well? Or are you just doing this because it's an easy way to sort of make yourself look good? Um, and, you know, I would hope that uh, they would also take a, a look at the, the police presence. Um, even if uh, the idea of having no cops anywhere near Pride is maybe like a step too far for them, uh, maybe we can get them to massively scale it down, especially because Pride has its own safety volunteers. You know, you don't need police. Uh, they're not the only way to have security at a large event, right? Oh, yeah, and I'm scrolling through this. Um, article about uh, the upcoming election and stuff. And it mentions that in 2015, there was a resistance to Facebook being in the parade because of some of the decisions they made um, at that time about forcing people to use their quote, real name on Facebook. And I believe they actually had, the, the Pride Board actually took a vote and it was close. Um, they ended up letting Facebook stay in the parade. And of course they were in it again this year, but um, you know, there is some precedence for making this kind of change. So hopefully, um, particularly if some uh, kind of more activist, um, activist oriented people get elected to the board, then, you know, maybe things will be different uh, for next year. Are we aware of any, um, any efforts to, to uh, put pressure on the board in that way or to, uh, can, can people show up for this election or is it just a closed, closed type yeah. of event? Um, so you have to be a member of Pride, um, which, you know, I think is a little bit frustrating because it feels like SF Pride is sort of representing the entire LGBT community of San Francisco and really of the whole Bay. Um, but it's only official members who have like signed up and paid dues who can vote. Um, and I think you have to have been a member for 90 days before the vote. So unfortunately, it's now too late. Um, to sign up if you haven't already. But yeah, I think uh, some of the people from the Google protest, um, some others are actively trying to put pressure on the board and and the members to have the <laughs> have the parade be a little different next year, or at least have them kind of take a close look at um, the the companies that are being represented and that are that are sponsoring. Right. Anything else before we close out? And um, how can people plug in and become part of these? these efforts? Um, yeah, I think one other thing that I wanted to encourage people to do who are listening to this is if you work for a company, um, whether it's Google or any other kind of tech company or whatever, um, that's in the parade, start thinking about what your company does or doesn't do to really support LGBT people. And if all they do is kind of just throw a rainbow on their logo every June, um, start talking to your coworkers and say, "Hey, why are we part of this parade? Why, um, why do we, as Facebook, Salesforce, whatever company it is, deserve to be in this parade? And by marching, are we really um, 
marching as like ourselves and and our own like are we proud for who we are or are we just kind of giving free pr um to our company um and you know maybe get your coworkers to organize a little bit um in the same way that the the folks at google did um or even just get you and your coworkers to march with another group um, you know, if you're a member of the Harvey Milk Democrats, march with them, for example, or whatever. You know, there's plenty of other groups and organizations that that are represented there. Um, because especially for some of these huge companies like Google, um, pressure from inside, pressure from their employees can be a lot more powerful than pressure from random people out in the world or just sort of the larger LGBT community in the Bay Area. Um, while kind of preparing for this, I listened to a couple other podcasts that go more in depth into Stonewall. So if you're kind of curious about the history of that, yeah, there's an LGBT podcast called Nancy, and they did a whole episode about Pride and Stonewall and the um, similar discussions that are happening around New York Pride, where they actually have sort of their main Pride parade and then a separate one that is a lot more radical that's called Reclaim Pride. Um, and also Democracy Now! had an episode where they interviewed a bunch of people and talked about Stonewall. Awesome. If people want to follow along with um, the folks at Google that we're organizing, their Twitter is at NoPrideForGoog. And that's a good way to just keep on top of what's happening, um, what's, you know, the latest news from SF Pride or latest news about um, moderation at YouTube and that kind of stuff. Great. Thanks, Tyler. It's been great talking to you. You too. The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States. We have over 120 chapters in 49 states. We are an activist organization, not a political party. To become a member, go to dsausa.org. To find out what our local chapter is up to, visit dsasf.org. Our intro music is by Young Chomsky. Chomsky.